The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. You know, uh, tonight we're so blessed that we have our friend. Pastor Josh has always been a friend of this house. And uh, he was all, he, the, the, the fabric of my life is filled up with things that Pastor Josh put on the inside of me through the years. We met in 1983, and we've been covenant partners and friends together since that time. And so let's stand up tonight. Amen. And uh, I want you to make him work a little bit. Let's don't give him a night off at Imago Day. Give him a good hand clap and let's draw on the word tonight. So help yourself, Pastor. I love you too, Pastor. Appreciate you. All right. Now we got that straight. You know, uh, Jim was talking about the, that old rock and roll group, Savoy Brown. This was my condition during those days. I had a house on F Street and I hadn't. I hadn't made the turn into the kingdom yet. And, uh, of course, I did a lot of hallucinogenics and like that. And yeah. Up in this attic, I built a room. I called it the Room of Doom. The Room of Doom. The Room of Doom. It had a pull-down stairs on it, and I fixed it up with every kind of light, and lights that flashed with the music and went. And I put drywall and ceiling real thick. And I found these little fuzzy creatures with feet on them down one of the, like King Creek or somewhere. And I planted them all over the, the, that gable roof up in there. And it had little aluminum Christmas trees and characters. And it had lights on the side that went with the music, went up there. And when it did, it looked like they were all walking around up there. <laughs> and then I, I had a train. I had an electric train on an eight-foot sheet of plywood and that train had light and sound on it and while it ran it played that song Hellbound Train so people knew people thought I was the conductor <laughs> uh, but thank God we got off that train we got off that train yes God's we good. did <laughs> God's good God is very good um, you know, when I, when I come anywhere, you have a, you know, you have so much information over the years as a collection of so many revelations and words and all that. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, I remember my first Pentecostal pastor, his name was Jerry Williams. Yeah. And, uh, he, he taught me about the box. You know, he come to church. He said, "Well, I, I, this one's not from the box. I got, I didn't get this one out of the box." Yeah. And you know, preachers are, we 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 have our best sermons. Yeah. You know, we like our home run sermons. We like uh, we like the ones that can move and not only bring information but stir up the spirit of God. Yeah. And uh, you was about to get one of them today. And when I got home this afternoon, uh, earlier, I came home from down at the, uh, the bridge to nowhere down there I'm working on. I mean, the building down there. And it's starting to take shape. And so uh, I, I came home, and, and I go in my study. Ruth wasn't there. I locked myself in. And I started uh, 
thinking on the word and uh, word and time kind of run the, the, these things, you know, my yeah. mantra, the shortness of time, the length of eternity and the value of the soul. Because yeah. time is, is a part of, it, there's a clock ticking in my background constantly. Yes. You know, it's not, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a freak about worried about things, what time it is and all that. But I do try to pay attention to what time it is. And uh, because I think I have an obligation to help the church and help people understand what time it is by the way they're behaving. That's exactly right. You know, somebody comes into work is acting different than somebody that's going home from work. Yeah. It's lunchtime. It's different than being in the midst of something. And so time itself and what people are interested in in church you know, when I got in in 1975, I, I'm not, I'm not, when I say this, I'm not making this up, man. Everybody carried their Bible around. Exactly. And you could bump into somebody and sit down and study the book of Hebrews. You know, just exactly. everybody just loved, there was a love. Uh, and, and it was because there was a movement in the land. There, the Jesus movement, it was, you know, through the 60s and 70s, that there was an air about that. Yes, people was. wanted to study the Word. They wanted to hear the Word. And uh, so we came through the whole information age, you know, uh, the charismatic movement, the information age, Brother Copeland, Caps, Marilyn Hickey, Brother Hagen. I mean, you, we got informed. Yes, we did. There's no question about it. And, uh, you, you know, uh, E.W. Kenyon, one of his phrases was that People like to mentally ascend into the word, exactly. into their into their deal. They 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 uh, they not necessarily want to be changed. They want to be moved. Exactly. You know, there's a difference between craving the word of God to to cut you up, Come on. to slice and dice you till yeah. till there's nothing left. You know, on, I remember Will McFarland. A uh, famous guitar player, friend of ours for years, and, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> he had a he was part of a church down in in uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, called Calvary, and their flyer on the front of it, you know, their slogan was "Come to Calvary, and die with us." Ain't much of an invitation to church, is it? but uh, there there is, and so I'm concerned about what intrigues people about church. What, what, what draws them to church? What makes them, uh, you know, want to be a part of things? And we're culturally became, we've become a social, a social event. Instead, and not all, I mean, there's, there's churches that love the Holy Ghost, love the word, but I'm talking about at large. large. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I look at my city. I call it my city because I live there. Yeah. And uh, I, I look at all the churches around, and frankly, they haven't changed. Yes, sir. 40-some years. I've, I've watched. Yep. It's like this uh, uh, urban and suburban merry-go-round. Yes. People, they, they don't move necessarily because of the word. Now, some do, some don't. Exactly. They do it because it, it, it's being a part of of the last display of things that are going on. Yes, sir. 
And uh, I think, you know, the prophet said in the last days there'd be a, there'd be a famine of hearing the word. Yes, they did. Not a famine of preaching the word, not a famine of that, but, but because, like Isaiah said, in Isaiah 6.10, said this people, their ears, you know, their ears have grown dull. They, they're not hearing. Unless they see with their eye, hear with their ear, and understand with their heart and be converted. Because the word of God will change you. Go ahead. I mean, it, it's, like, it's like building a ship in a bottle, man. You just keep putting the components in there and the Holy Ghost starts. One by one, you start turning into something you had no idea exactly that you could ever right. be. And so having dealt so long with the addicted, it was my good pleasure to watch them change. Oh, yeah. To watch, you know, and I use Psalm 107 verse 20 as our, as our foundational scripture, he sent his word, he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destruction. Come on. Well, I, I, I've coupled that with Hosea 4, 6. The destruction, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. True. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. True. So knowledge causes authority. Knowledge causes power. Knowledge causes fearlessness. It, it, builds, it builds absolute fearlessness on the inside of you. And, and where Paul, Paul knew where he was going, but he could boldly say, I knew, I know whom I believed. And so I'm not shaking as things happen. So uh, let me give you a few scriptures. And if there's a title for this, I want to call it Running from the Voice. Running from the Voice. See, the vo- the, I'm not talking about the voices. I'm talking about the voice. There's a lot of, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that many voices have gone out into the world. That's good, Psalm 19.2 said there's not a voice or tongue under the sun that God doesn't recognize. Part of that's language, part of that's ethnic situation. But the fact is that God understands that baby right there. God understands you. And God, uh, he, he, he understands the, the voice. Isn't it ironic that one of our big shows today is The Voice? The Voice. And then another one of our big shows uh, that was around for a long time, I guess it still is. I never watched one episode of it. I don't know. It's called The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. That, was the, that was the number one uh, uh, t- cable show in the world. Dead people beating each other with ball bats. I, I, didn't, I didn't have to watch that show. I watched it in Hamilton back in the 60s. Right. And I still see it. I see it that we, we have all of these uh, anesthetized, you know, you, you know a, um, uh, what's, the, what's the name, what's the word I'm looking for, the people that are dead or are walking around? Zombies. Oh. The zombie effect, the zombie effect is on the church because they move with every wind of doctrine because they, they're afraid of the voice. That's good. They're afraid of the voice. You know, uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. And I, oddly enough, I won't, I won't break down all the Greek, but that word voice in that context is P-H-O-N-E. Mm. My, my, my. 
My sheep hear my phone. My sheep are not busy. My sheep are not too tied up to answer me. My sheep are not, not they're not so goofed up. They don't know how to listen to my instruction. It, the, the voice, the voice <clears throat> in John chapter 12, the Bible says that in round verse 29, that when the father is speaking to Jesus, that, that he heard the voice. This, this is my, this is him, this is the son, to paraphrase it. And the word their voice is still the same word, P-H-O-N-A, phone is how they pronounce it. And it means a tone. See, a tone, a tone. You, you know, a dog has an ear that's different than ours. Yes, they do. He's not necessarily going to hear the whistle at the swimming pool, but you blow a dog whistle, you can't hear it, and he can't. He can't. So the, the voice of God is the tuning yeah. key for your ear. That's good. Seven times in the book of Revelation, it says he... That hath an ear, let him hear. What? What the Spirit is saying to the church. That that our ear will become so sensitive to the voice of God that we can respond just like that. It's not a matter of, is it the devil? Is it God? Is it me? Is it an angel? That's what happened that day. When, when, When the Lord spoke from heaven, the Bible said the crowd there thought it thundered. It's a funny thing about thunder. See, thunder can't happen with, without lightning. Yeah. And lightning is moving so fast that when it penetrates the clouds, it expands it so fast, it's going 50,000 miles an hour that when that light goes through that cloud, it expands it and makes all that noise. When there is a penetration of the light of God, of the Word of God, that breaks through the clouds of confusion, unbelief, and fear. You, you know, uh, that's what John Lake called it. He called it the lightning of God. Yes, he did. That God's word is so powerful. The Bible says in Psalm 29 that it breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Yes. It splits the flames of fire. That, that word in, the, in, the old te- in that context in the interlinear Bible is shabar. Shabar, that, that, that the word of God, and, and this is what bothers me uh, somewhat. The, and I've seen it plenty of times. I've preached until weeping broke out. Oh, yeah. Weeping just broke out, not from the word, not the, they weren't playing just the right song, no. but the power of God came through the word and it shabarred the heart. It literally broke their heart. That's the same word that the Bible says in Psalm 34 that God is near them as a, of a broken and contrite spirit. That when the word of God Woo! reveals me to me, not the preacher tell me I'm going to be better, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to have that, and I'm going, I believe in all that, but I need somebody to tell me that you better live it right. You better do something right. You better walk the line. You better consistently behave in accordance with what my word says. If a man says he knows me and don't keep my commandments, he is a liar. Yes, he is. And the truth is not in him. What is the truth? It's the word. Yes, Thy word is truth. That's good. 
Sanctification is gone because we run from that. You know, you, there's three ways to be sanctified. You are positionally sanctified when you get born again. So you got, you got translated into the kingdom, and so you became sanctified by the blood of Jesus. What's that mean? You became set apart. You became, you became holy. But then you have to be progressively or positionally, progressively sanctified. That happens by the word of God. John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy word for thy word is truth. And then at last, when the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ, right? Then we're going to be caught up. We will finally be perfectly sanctified. We'll be set apart from this world. So the hunger Blessed are the hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. I love that word. I love God's word. We know where the running started. It started in Genesis. Yeah, I don't know if you got Genesis chapter 3. You can put it up. Verse 8. I always like this scripture because, and I'll go back, flip back there in your Bible. Genesis, I'll give you a couple scriptures from the Bible so you won't call me a heretic when you go home. I've been called that before. I've helped people understand that there were periods in my life where I probably won't. <laughs> Verse 8. It, you know the story. Adam and Eve screwed up. Isn't it something when we mess up, we run from the Word? Exactly right. Isn't it something that, you know, when we're not living right, we want to go do what Adam and Eve did, hide among the trees? Yes, sir. You know, there's all these big forests with hundreds and thousands of people in them and lots of people that are there just hiding behind the trees. Yes, they Nobody will find me here, you know. And the, the interest to be sanctified, holy, separated meat for the master's use. This, this thing of, of uh, you know, the old saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go, but nobody wants to die. And Jesus, you know, Jesus came here and built a suicide machine called the cross. Yes, he did. And that's not where you go to feel better. That's where you go to die. Okay. You go there to die. I mean, I've asked, I don't know how many people had to cross around their neck. I'd say, you know what to me? You know, and they're stunned. I said, if Jesus was here now, you'd probably have a little electric chair or Syringe hanging around your neck from uh, lethal injection. Yeah. Why? Because it was a death penalty. Yes, death to the flesh. You know, the Iranians hollering, death to America. The church, we already just get banners and walk through the street, thousands of us. Death to the flesh. Death to the flesh. Death to all flesh. God loves the smell of burning flesh. Burn it. Scorch it. I smell something burning. My God. <laughs> so, Genesis chapter 3, and uh, you know the story, verse 7 says, the eyes of them both were open, and they knew they were naked. They got the revelation, a revelation uh, just by virtue of their badness. 
You know, in the day you eat from the tree, uh, you, you know, well, their eyes came open. Isn't it amazing when you commit sin, you don't have to know the whole Bible. There's something, you start off with this conscience. You know, there's this conscience and this kind of intuition that, that, you know, mom said that, not the Holy Ghost, mom said that wasn't good. Dad said that wasn't good. And, and so, uh, but, but we get away from that because we become dull. We're like the frog in the kettle. Listen, it, 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 I can't, it, this place, when I step back and get a good look at it, and I've been in it, and I know the system, man, I know how it works, and I know, and I, I watch the, the pitifulness of so many different people being deceived into the point of losing their life, losing their stuff constantly. Yeah. I had periods where I had day, I, I heard people cry every day just from all that stuff. And the deal, it's like, live, it's like being born underwater. And we're so used to it. We're so, we're such, because this is why, you know, all the scriptures in the Bible, be seated in heavenly places, you know, go in and out and find pastor. Those, those things where we're not, we're, 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 in, we're in the world. But we're not of it. Not of it. I had a God today. I love him, but he tell, he tells little jokes every now and then. And he started leaning towards something that was physical. And I said, well, I grabbed him by the shoulders. I said, listen, man, you know I love you. But don't bring that into my house. Come on. I'll tell you what I'll laugh at. That ain't it. So I made a decision about things in my life where there are things called boundaries. boundaries. There are things called limits, limitations. I'll go with you, but if you're going past that, you're on your own, Doc. I ain't going to. Yeah, but you're my brother. We we got the same. I don't care, man. You're my dad. I don't care. No, no, that that all them ties got broke. They broke the umbilical cord on that when I got born again. Yeah. You are on your own. See, because unless you love me more, mother, than mother, brother, father, sister, daughter, husband, wife, and your own life, you can't be my disciple. Isn't that something that that's in the Bible and many people don't know it? Amazing. I got kids that think that uh, you're, that, that if they're culturally correct yeah. and they went, they, they, are, they went tone deaf. They went tone deaf because they're not hearing the word. This word, this is taboo, right? See, I'll be all right. Sin. <laughs> exactly right. Sin. Shocking. 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 That we got a, a man running for president that says he loves his wife and brings him out and kisses him in the mouth. And we, we, we got, see that clock starts going ding, 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 like it was in the days of Lot. So shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And it starts screaming out. Behind me it says, Tell everybody to wake up. Tell everybody to let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered. The sin of fornication, homosexuality, drunkenness, let it all, let God arise and melt sin like wax before the fire. Let God arise. But, but we're patronizing people. 
I heard a, a church on the radio the other day saying, if you'd like to make a, big, a visit, send us an a, a email, and we'll be sure and make you welcome such and such a way when you get here. We're taking applications for people who like us. <laughs> See, when I had to write stuff in the world, yeah. they knocked on my door. Yeah. Oh, no. They all knew where I lived. You know, they knew. They'll know, they know our address. They know our address is the shroud, the covering of this, the power that's in the word of God. This is a word house. It's always been a word house. But I'm saying, I see this exodus movement away from being corrected. We have PC, politically correct, and we want people to be, you know, coddled and all those things to make sure we don't offend them. Are you kidding me? I think the, I think the cross was offensive. I think the whipping post was offensive. I think I think plucking his beard from his face was offensive. I think spitting in his face was offensive. I I, I think he he came into his own, his own received him not. Those people, those were all his relatives. Those were aunts and uncles and cousins and second cousins and third cousins. Yeah. But, but when he came to his own, his own received him not. We don't want nothing to do with you. His brothers and sisters come down and said he's gone mad. It is offensive to stand, and, and it's going to get more offensive. It really is. It's going to get more offensive. Christians are dying around the world. 90,000 died last year. Burnt, put in cages, cut up, and it's still, it's happening more and more and more. When you take a stance for the word, and listen, we're not beyond seeing things in this country. We have the, the leading candidate for the Democratic Party is a communist. He's not a socialist. He's a communist. He ain't ashamed of it either. And what scares me even worse, half this country's voting for him. Why? It has nothing to do, they're saying it's the economy, it has to do, they want to kill babies. They want to be able to exterminate enough enough children to keep moving forward with their agenda. See, they want men to be able to marry men. They they, They want the authority, they want the power. This is not the spirit of politics. This ain't nothing about politics. No. This is about good and evil. Good and evil. This is about good and evil. See, in the last days, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Now listen, think what's happened in the last 10 years. Make it five. And just think of the digress, how we have sunk down in to everything that's okay. You know, I, I don't know how to to have some of the things in our house that we have in our house because of the implications that they make because nothing just comes out and say it, but everything's an innuendo. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Getting Got off crazy. a little, little rabbit trail there. But, All right. Verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
Now, the word there is uh, sound, it could be, or, or noise. But I like the, the, the choice they made, the voice. Because, let, let's look at it like this. All the, all the animals, you know, you know, they've been named. You know what a spirit of revelation that you'd have to have to be able to do that? You know how this breath, the breath exchange with God, you know, that Adam was having, yeah. that, that this, before God, before he could even move, he got another revelation, another name, another thing. He understood things that people still don't understand today. See? So when they failed, something's in his mind. He already knew what God was going He already knew because Isaiah 59, 2 says, your, your iniquities have hid my face from you. Your sin has, has, has stopped this, 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 uh, this, this communion that we have. You know, I used to tell the guys, it's like having sin in your life is trying to kiss you, like trying to kiss your wife through a screen door. <laughs> the image is there, but the feeling is not. It ha you know, you, can, you have to have the sensory stuff working before you can have the end result. And so this opaque, vain image, that, vague image that a lot of people have about God, that he's over here, and he's here, and he, he's in the color, he's in the lights, he's in the music, but he's not in the Word. Yeah. And when the Word starts to come out, if you, if you lay it down too hard, you'll see a trail of them going out of the parking lot. Why? Because they can go multiple places and have somebody tickle their ear. When the Bible says, without any apologies, in the last days, see, in the last days, teachers would come having itching ears and you'd be turned to fables. You'll, you'll get Jesus Christ and the apostles mixed up with Disneyland. You'll start believing that, that God Almighty is like some of these other demigods. He is the Almighty God. Yes, he he is. is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you can be saved. There is no other God. There is no other way. There is no other one. There is no plan B. Plan A, step one. And, 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 and just this appetite. Jim and I are going to bring this baby home. Aaron, bring it home, feed it. The first time that they see that that baby's not eating, there's an alarm goes off. Everybody knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh-oh, the, the appetite. Oh, God, if it, you know, we've got to find out if we need to change the formula, if we're warming it wrong, if we're doing it wrong, yeah. or if, you, if, if it can be from the mother, it has to be a different kind of, Something we, we're going to reach. We're, we're going to find out what it is, though, because we want to make sure it can be fed. So you can stand up here. You, you can bring everybody in the world in here or any other church that you want yeah. to. It, you know, I love telling stories. I love making people laugh. I love communing through, uh, you, you know, my my imagination and my sense of humor. Yeah. But when it's all done, see. I will anesthetize you with humor, but I'm going to cut you with the word of God. Come on now. I want to cut you. You can't circumcise a heart without blood. 
You can't circumcise a heart without some kind of blade. And that blade is the word of God. So when Adam and them, I don't know when I started. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll know when we stop and y'all stand up and start blowing and walk out. <laughs> so Adam, it says they heard the voice of the Lord God walking to the cool day next verse and they hid themselves. They hid themselves. They, they hid because not what God was saying, because he don't, he don't ask the question until after that verse. It doesn't necessarily, how do you hear a voice walking? And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. Because his whole representation, see, my mother told me something. And I knew that I wasn't doing what she said. She could send that threat for blood. You don't want me to come in there. So, so her past history of how she dealt with that and, and, and the fact that I knew, I knew that, you, you know, I was in trouble if her presence came where I was at while I was doing that. So that's why when they heard them, they hid themselves. First question, you know, I mean, second. Adam, where are you? We, we hid ourselves. We hid ourselves because we were afraid. I preached on this 35 years ago. Who told you? Where are you getting your information? It ain't coming out of my mouth. It ain't, as, as, that's why we got so many books in the world, so many self-help things, so many, so many different ways to get information from so many different people that are eloquent, they're good, they're studied, but, but, but somewhere... The, the coal's got to come off the altar. There's got to be some fire come off the altar and it's got to be laid on somebody's lips and somebody got to feel the power of this thing. The Word of God should feel a little threatening. Yes, sir. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word fear is to revere. Hold up. No, you, 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 you know... I don't let people treat me like they're treating somebody else. I'm not against how other people have been treated because it's my responsibility. I'm the keeper of this house. Exactly right. No. When they bring, like I go to a restaurant and they bring the wine over and they're starting to explain to me, I, I, I'm nice. I just look up at them and I say, you don't even want to see that. You don't want to see me drinking that. Well, why? Because all these tables will be turned over. You know, because you're, at, you're, you're trying to bring something in here that don't belong in this house anymore. I'm sweet to them most of the time unless it's some arrogant, cocky little dude. So you can see the, the press as the presence came. And you, you know what I'm talking about. You see it. You see it. When you start to bring the word out, 
you start to bring the word out on people, they'll start to kind of withdraw, stare at the floor, look away from you or something because, you know, and then, then they've got this perfect new word today. You judging me? <laughs> yeah, I am. First yeah. Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 16, said, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. You tell me that I can go down and umpire a ball game and I don't know, and, and, and call balls and strikes. I was in Texas, said, eyes. You know, if you're telling me you're, you're an apple tree and chairs are dripping off you, you got blackberries down under you, you got apples, I, 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 I'm just looking around. Yes, sir. My Ruth's granddaughter uh, was doing something goofy the other day, and Ruth, Ruth told her about it. She, she, nine one more, she called her dad, you've got to come and get me. You know, she's 13, 14 years. Great, good girl, Lord's helping her. And we were trying to explain to her. She called and said, everybody hates me. I told Ruth, call back and say, no, it's not everybody, it's just me and you. <laughs> no. But that's that feeling, unless I'm totally accepted the way I am. If you can't take me the way I am, then... You got the wrong guy. You know, I used to tell guys to come to me, you know, when I tell them the truth. I'm, man, you know, I say, listen, if, you, if you're not going to listen to me, if you're only trying to get sober, you're trying to have a good time, whatever, you got the wrong guy. I'm trying to get that thing off of you. I see it plenty, and I know how to get it off. You know, there are lasers in the world today they can take an egg, cut the shell off, and not bother anything else. Word of God's like that. Yes, it is. And people that are skillful in the Word know how to help cut things off of you without being offensive and hurting you. Yeah. Amen? So you have to trust the surgeons, but I think every surgeon should be proven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, want, I don't want sling blade trying to operate on me. But yeah. So I'm not getting anywhere, but um, but do you see, do you understand what I'm what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not talking about the delivery of the word. I'm not talking about the poetic justice of the word. I'm not even talking about the, uh, the things that are relative. You know, everything's relative today. Is it yeah. relative? I'm not uh, subject matter. I love all the subject matter of uh, you, you, you know that has to do with faith, baptism. The, the communion, the labor, work, the serving, all that. But at some point, it, a lot of this Bible is written as behavioral instruction. Yes, it is. It's for that. And, and, and I, I love this, the, 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 the scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm just kind of bouncing around here. I, do, I just got this stuff today myself. So. Excellent. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not homogenized yet. It's whole milk. It's, some of it's even buttermilk. I'm just going to give it to you. But it may have chunks of meat thrown. This, this, this scripture here, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, let a man account of us as ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. 
a steward is a, a house provider, a house distributor. You have a certain amount of goods, and you distribute that to people in accordance with what they're going to need for, to, you know, to eat, to sleep, to be clothed, to all that. And Paul is saying, and I, I, I preached this a long time ago, it was about 14, 15 mysteries, the mystery of Christ, mystery of marriage, mystery of Israel, mystery of rapture, all the mystery of the kingdom, Christ in you. These mysteries are from the word musterion. It means to shut the mouth, the secret. God has things that he ain't going to entrust to everybody. The military don't do it. You work for a company, you may have a key for this, but not that. You can go in here, you ain't got a key for the bathroom. You know, you, 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 it, it happens in accordance with, with certification. You're certified or you're cleared. There's clearances. And people are not striving for the clearances. They just like coming to church and being a part of the parking lot or being a part of the uh, certain things. That's wonderful. I mean, I'm not knocking serving, but I'm saying in this hour that we're living in, we better get the mysteries. We better get the stuff that makes us know stuff that other people don't know. The scripture said that in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that were revealed belong to us and to our children. So our responsibility is to go in and get this stuff. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We come out imparting stuff. This is why I'm excited about where I'm at this point in my life. Because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I may have less friends in six months than I do right now. But the point is, I want to create a spot of discipleship. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you don't want the truth, you know, remember Lester Turner? Lester Turner, my buddy from Hazard, Kentucky. He used to say, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil always have you back. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so let, let, me, let me close. Go over with me to Exodus chapter 20. You know how stuff is. You get more than you can deal with. I just wanted to. Exodus 20. If you read 18 and 19, you'll see God showing off. I mean, Sinai's on fire, lightning. God dwells in the thick darkness. It's just that, I don't know if you saw that volcano down in, uh, in uh, the Philippines. In, there was lightning inside that volcano. Did anybody see that? Yeah. That big dark cloud, and in the middle of that, just like Psalm 18, God dwells in the deep darkness. You got to go through some darkness to get into where the lightning's at. God's wrapped Himself in it, and if you're not willing to try to penetrate, you know, uh, you know, hear the, study the word, meditate on the word, speak the word. All those things are a part of, and that's the part, I guess it's happening. Maybe I need to move around more. But the fact is, when you bump into people, the word should come out. 
You understand what I'm saying? If you have a problem, remember uh, teachers used to say, you pick up your toothpaste and squeeze it, you know what's coming out. Yeah. When you squeeze a believer, yeah. thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When you sque squeeze a believer, then there, there's no way to pray for them and despitefully use you, turn the other cheek, all that, unless it's by the word. We know that by Jesus on the cross. He's got, he nailed through, and he looks down there gambling for his clothes, and the living word said, Father, forgive them. So you can't have proper forgiveness without the word. You, can't. you just can't because you, you try to do it in your own strength, and you can't do it. Gritting your teeth ain't enough. The only thing that will do it is having a revelation, and staying long enough to get to that revelation will make you, make you want to run. Why? Because... Basically, you don't want to forgive them. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, the flesh is... Woo! I love that. My God. I'm putting one of them in that building over. I don't even need it. All right, here we go. Let, let me read you these few verses in, in Exodus. Like I said, God is, you know... Moses, God's dealing with Moses and telling him what to do with the people. Uh, I mean, giving them some strict, telling them to wash their clothes, telling them not to touch the mountain. If an animal comes through, you got to kill it. Yeah. You got to create boundaries. You can't let, you know, he's trying to say, look, you, you, Moses, remember I made you take that shoe off. Just there are certain things about me that you can't treat nonchalantly. You can't do it. It's like, it's like, you know, if you go back there and take the light cover off and stick your fingers in there wet and then try to sue the electric company. The, po the power is, is just, it's an innate object. God's power is not accumulated. It's just in him. He's power. You can't handle him wrong. You just can't. Well, we got this thing now, this, this extreme, 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 extreme grace. To the point, you just—it's like a big imaginary rubber glove that you can go down and get inside the turbine and fly. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. No, no, you can't, man. No, you can't. Listen to me. Don't play with God. Can't play with man. Okay, here we are. Moses has just got the commandments he's given to the people. Verse 18, chapter 20. And all the people saw the thunderings and lightnings. They're seeing stuff. The noise of the trumpet. They're hearing stuff. And the, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they were moved and stood afar off. <laughs> they, <laughs> they didn't say, hey, let's climb this thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> they wanted to get away. And it says... And they said unto Moses, this is the underline, if you're going to underline anything, now look at this one right here. They said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. <clears throat> but let not God speak with us unless we die. You go talk to God. Now this is where the church is at today. <clears throat> this is the model. Jim, you go talk to God. You break it down, bring it to me, wrap it in everything that makes it palatable, 
And if God starts showing up too much, exactly. wrap some more stuff around it, yes. pour oil on it, baptize it in fire and wine, and, wine and, and then give it to me. My, my, my. Why? Because when I get in there when them blazers are going on and that thunder and, and, and them dark clouds, man, I get kind of nervous. Come on, I'm preaching pretty good. Preaching we've, really al- good. we've already took the offer and I'm not going to tell you. But do you understand what I'm, does it make sense to you? Sure. And, and I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking, I, I am a, a, a watcher. I like watching things. I like seeing what's going on. And to me, you, you, you can tell when people have been uh, deep in the water. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, when, in Acts 4, 13, it said they knew that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they knew they'd been with Jesus. Because you could see the transition taking place because in chapter 3, the guy that betrayed him, left him, denied him, he's the one who gets up and preaches the Pentecost message. Why? Because now he's got the fire. Yes, he does. Now he's got the fire and, and the Holy Ghost is bringing it to him. And, and I believe in revival. I believe in getting stirred up. But I, I believe we have to hear the voice. We've got to hear the voice and not be afraid to hear it. I've literally had times in my prayer life and in my life where I was praying and I was afraid to open my eyes. I was afraid he was going to be there. That presence was just so there. And, 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 and what makes me know it's his presence is the things that come to me by the Holy Spirit from his word. You understand what I'm saying? I don't that, that, I believe, is the dimension that we're headed for, where the voice has preeminence. See, as it is in heaven, when God says to Gabriel, uh, go down and talk to Daniel, Gabriel never, never says, I don't want to go down there. Send Michael. <laughs> you know, it's, God says it, and they do it. And I think this, came, this kingdom that's here now, this church, the best church that's ever been alive is alive right now. Yes. The glorious church glorious. is here. But it has a lot of debris on it. You know what I mean? It just has a lot of debris on it. And uh, I, I, I think we're concerned when you're not concerned about what time it is, you're not concerned about the things that's going on in time. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because you think you have plenty of it. That makes sense to you? Okay, let me finish here. They said to Moses, you talk to us, we can't handle God. And Moses said to the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you, test you. To, to give you, make you understand some things about him. That his fear, his what? Fear. His fear may be before your faces that you sin not. Job uh, 28, 28 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But to flee from evil, this is understanding. At, at, I, I think of 1 John 2, 15, love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
I preached a message one time called Where in the World is the World? You know what I mean? And this is, there's a loosely fit, just, just like the culture. The culture is, is, uh, is more blatant about how it's happening, but it's, it's in the church. How many of you believe that and understand that? And uh, the musicians or a musician or a rock star or anybody wants to come join me, do you play the piano? Come up here, you guys, for a minute. Okay, Jim, find us close. Some people are saying, yes, it's okay. <laughs> Finally, my God. God can stop, stop a fan. Okay. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. How many like God talking from heaven? Oh, and then he says, You shall not make... With me, gods of silver, neither shall you make unto you gods of gold. He's already gave him the Ten Commandments. But he's saying, now, this, this is why this last part is happening. This is why you're feeling the way you feel that you don't want me talking to you. But I've come down to test you. I've come down to, you know, you know if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't, you're faking at it. See, you're not going to... See, if we say that we know him, don't keep his commandments, then we're lying to truth my nose. Amen? That's stern, ain't it? That's stern. But, but would you believe I didn't say that? I barely can read it. I'm just saying it in behalf of somebody else. <laughs> okay. Now I'm starting to meddle. Here we go. The people stood afar off. Every time God talks, they move a little further. And Moses drew near. I want you this. This is the difference. Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. That's what I want. And I want that. I want the boldness of Moses, man. Just the. I'm going in. I don't, I can't see nothing in there. I got a suspicion God's in there. I see. I see, I see traits of God in there. I see power. I see light. You know. But there's a, this big, vast darkness I got to go through. God's good. Amen. If you want, if you want deep things, you got to go through some scary stuff sometimes. Have you found that to be true? I mean, it's like, it looks like you're going to die. It looks like you're not going to make it. it. looks like you're going to go broke. It looks like everybody you love is going to leave. And he's trying to get you to loosen that grip. You know, turn, just lighten up a little bit. You'll be all right. This past year, man, it's been like an arm wrestling test. And I mean, I ain't been broke. God bless me. But... I went through periods where I didn't have money that wasn't near as difficult as this year. Why? Because the wisdom of knowing how to deal with it and deal with it at this time and what, and not missing the thing that God wants to do with it. It's a freaky thing to have a lot of God's money. Understand what I'm saying? You don't want to miss it. I went into things, didn't have no money. I bought things without money for years. 
I used to, I told Jim one time, he was trying to bid on some place, said something about the money. I said, what's that got to do with it? I read Isaiah 55, we can buy with no money. But the difference is, now I've aged up. I'll be 73 in April. You know, you, you start deciding what, how, not, I ain't worried about legacy. I ain't ready to make no legacy yet. I'm ready to kill something. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready. I don't want that mouth. But it's been a wrestling match. It really is. You just got to keep going with it. You know, it'd be a terrible thing to build something and look up and think, you did a good job for you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Nope. No, I'll go broke tomorrow before I do that. The people stood up far off and Moses, uh, I, I'm sorry, it says, uh, and Moses said unto the people, Fear not, God's come down uh, before your faces that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. Say, I want to be where God is. Yeah. Come on, say that where with God me. Is. I'm going where God is. I want to be where God is. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel. Now, watch this. You've seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make gold, gold, uh, silver gods, neither shall you uh, make unto you gods of gold. And watch this. At an altar of earth thou shalt make unto me. And you shall sacrifice thereon burnt offerings and peace offerings, thy sheep and your oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. He don't, he said, if you're going to make me an altar, make it out of dirt. I want it to be made out of something I made and I don't want you messing with it. And then he says, and if you make an altar of stone, Thou shalt not build it with hewn stone. You ain't, don't be, don't be cutting squares out and polishing them and engraving your name in the side of it. Go get me a bunch of creek rock. Get, the, get that old ugly looking rock, knock some of the stuff, don't, eat, don't, don't touch it with a hammer. Leave the dirt in the cracks. I'm, 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 I'm good all by myself. I don't need one artist. I don't need one uh, you, you know, creative person. Here's how creative you have to be. Reach down, get my stone, walk it over here, lay it down, and then go back in the river and get another. I don't want nobody pointing and looking back and saying, my God, look at that altar I made. Isn't that, is that wild? And then it says, for if you lift up a tool upon it, you polluted it. If you do anything, if you do anything, you lay one tool to that. You do anything to make this come out better, look better, shine better. 
you know, be, uh, be what you think it should. You do anything. You have polluted it. You can't build no altar out of man-made stuff. You know, 10-minute messages and creative things that make people feel good because they come. Somebody needs to be uncomfortable for a minute. Amen? You can't get stabbed through with a sword and not feel it. <laughs> and and I, I like this further instruction. Neither shall you go up by steps under my altar. That thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Don't make it high where you got to prance up it. You know. Don't don't make don't don't make that thing, you know, if he would have not told him that. Somebody had built one with one step. Then they built one with two steps. Have you seen Billy Bob's altar? Uh, you see Abraham's, it's got 18 steps going up to it. He must really be something. Well, your altar needs to be low enough to make you bow. Amen? I found it really powerful. It's, and I want that. I want that, that demand put on my life. I really feel uh, one of the things today, and I hope you are too, I'm feeling a sense to, I don't know if you've seen what's going on down in Tennessee. Yeah. The Rogersville or something like that where the churches have got together and intercede. And, the, and I, think that, I think that's what's going to happen. A, re, a revival of intercession. People coming together to get the good stuff. You know what I mean? So, uh, I love him. And uh, there's so much more, you know, but we're going to get Jim home so he can get to sleep. I'm going to blame quitting on him. What a word. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.